the cosmos. Countless worlds upon worlds. Worlds without end. In these galaxies, every possible reality exists. But what is reality on any one world is mere fantasy on all others. Here all is real and all is illusion. What is, what was, and what will be start here with the words, In the beginning there was Howard the Duck. And on that note, Welcome to Heart of Podness. I'm Mark, and I'm gay. And I'm Will, and I'm a ginger. Uh, This is a podcast where we delve deep into cinematic love stories to answer the age-old question. Does Hollywood romance actually make any sense? And are these people dateable, or are they even likable? It doesn't matter if the romance is the main plot or a one-scene flirtation. We're going to dig in and see what's there. I know we already kind of talked about it, but Mark, just tell us what it is we're talking about today. Today we're talking about the first feature film based on a Marvel Comics property, 1986's Howard the Duck, directed by Willard Hughes and produced by George Lucas. I don't know that that's how his name is pronounced, but that is how I think of it. (laughs) Yep. Okay, well, this movie is a monstrosity. Uh. But what's weird is it, like, bounced around for a while. Lucas really wanted to make it. And Howard the Duck, it's based on a comic book, which had a lot of cool underground cred in the 70s. It was created by Steve Gerber, who was, like, the weirdo bad boy of Marvel Comics in the 70s. Not, like, cool bad boy, just like, oh, he's a weird guy, let him do whatever he wants. Mm -hmm. And Howard the Duck was this bizarre existentialist comic book. I read some of the original ones as research for this episode. And the first issue of Howard the Duck starts with him in Cleveland, in like a noir, dark, and gritty Cleveland, deciding that he's had enough, and he's just going to kill himself. Oh, wow. So he climbs up this tower on the side of the Cuyahoga River, Mm -hmm. where he is attacked by a wizard. Okay. Who sends him into a parallel dimension. Okay. To steal a calculator. And along the way, he meets this weird lady who had also been kidnapped by the wizard. Her name is Beverly. Okay, so there is a Beverly. Right. And then in the end, Spider-Man came and helped them out because when you're starting a new book at Marvel in the 70s, you throw in Spider-Man to boost sales. Mm-hmm. Um, so the comic is this weird existentialist thing. The calculator has to do with the fact that it's also very meta-humor-y throughout. Okay. So the calculator has something to do with how he's going to... The meta text is that they're like going to manipulate sales so that Howard the Duck looks like a big success when it clearly won't be. But the book actually became really popular. Like I said, had a lot of underground cred. There was a write-in campaign for Howard the Duck in the 76th presidential election. <laughs> uh, and according to various Marvel histories, he got several thousand votes. Mm-hmm. Would it's they difficult release to, that it's data? It's difficult to prove. Yeah. But the peak of sort of Howard the Duck silliness is in the early 80s when Disney, home of another famous duck, decided that Howard looked too much like Donald. And so they sued Marvel Comics, saying that Howard was a ripoff of Donald. And as part of the settlement, part of the deal was that thenceforward, Howard would be required to wear pants. I've seen a picture, like the cover of the first Howard the Duck and... I would say Disney definitely had grounds for this lawsuit. Oh, it was definitely deliberate. But yeah, so that was kind of a blow to Howard. It was kind of funny, though. Mm -hmm. Um, Gerber eventually got forced off the book. Other people came on, started fleshing out the universe. Duck World, which we see in this movie, was not created by Gerber. 
he had always wanted Howard's homeworld to not be seen, mm-hmm. that it was a world of lots of different anthropomorphic animals. But the guy who followed him on the book, Bill Mantlow, creator of Rocket Raccoon, decided that he should come from a world of ducks. I feel like the duck world may be one of the most successful parts of this movie. I think it's the worst part of this movie. And I think that's why I like it. Okay, well, starting with duck world is actually a great way for us to try and make sense of it. So, Mark, can you, as you always do, uh, give us a 30-second summary of whatever the heck we just watched? I will do my best. Okay. Howard the Duck lives on Duck Planet and has at least two girlfriends that we know of. There's two pairs of duck boobs, but remember, ducks don't make milk. He's sucked to Earth and saves a rock chick from a mugging. They kind of fall in love. An evil overlord, also sucked to Earth by the laser, tries to use the laser that brought Howard to Earth to bring other evil overlords while enjoying a casual meal with Howard and Beverly. There's a fight. Cops are involved, but unimportant. Howard and a nerd use a military-grade weapon to kill the monster and save the day. Howard becomes Beverly's manager and also a part of the band and they all live happily ever after do not watch this movie whatever you do and we like bad movies yeah i often watch terrible movies i've seen birdemic twice i've only seen it once we gotta fix that yeah um oh it's also worth noting because it probably won't come up again that diner that they go to Mm -hmm. it is a cajun sushi diner yes and i feel like we should at least mention that i think we should also mention that the nerd is played by tim robbins oh that's right he is yeah all right so please 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 do not watch this movie can you try to describe what the experience was of watching the movie like what's what's your headspace so I came in with pretty high hopes. I was like, I've heard such terrible things. I think this movie will be enjoyably bad. I already knew about the duck boobs, so I thought that would be good for a laugh. I did not know about that. That caught me completely by surprise. <laughs> they talked about it on the How Did This Get Made episode. Oh, okay, yeah. So I was like kind of prepared for that. And then just as it kept going on, I realized that there was nothing else going to happen that they didn't establish in the first 10 minutes. No new jokes were introduced. There was a semblance of a plot, but not really. And then I was just getting progressively sadder as the movie went on. And the movie didn't do well. Uh, It opened third behind Friday the 13th Part 6, which was in second. And in first place was Alien, still in first in its third week. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Aliens, the James Cameron one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It made $38 basically just made their money back. But only $16 of that was domestic. Yeah. So that movie did terribly. It was like really bad and it was supposed to be universal's big summer release that's actually why they made it live action the writers and the director had wanted it to be animated but they pushed for it to be live action instead and these by the way are the writers of indiana jones and the temple of doom which like has its issues but was wildly mm. successful was successful also the writers of american graffiti that was also successful right that was academy award nominated that was george lucas that was the one where like wow the george lucas right. guy is like an artist but like uh, financially yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, I think it was... Now I'm just making things up. I yeah. think it cost very little, so it was I easy think I, to make it back. Yeah, that makes sense. I have not seen it, nor do I know that that's a fact. I haven't seen it either, but I've been meaning to. Yeah. Someday. One day. All right. Anyway, uh, setting aside our complete speculation about <laughs> the financial success of George Lucas's filmography, uh, let's talk about romance. As a reminder, in every episode, we break down a movie's romantic plotline into the five key points that best demonstrate it. And for Howard, unfortunately, given the insanity that is Duck World, the romance really starts after Howard arrives on Earth when he meets our lead actress, Leah Thompson, who plays Beverly in a creepy alley. Yeah, one thing you'll notice about Beverly throughout this movie is she is often a target for harassment to the point where it is just depressing. Yeah. Howard's like, he's arrived on Earth, he's been attacked by 
attacked for no reason by lots of weird punk gangs. They look like if... Have you read The Dark Knight Returns? I haven't read it, no. Okay, there are these, like, mutie gangs in The Dark Knight Returns, which are, like, pretty creepy, Mm -hmm. sort of, like, neon punks. So imagine if you took those and made them completely non-threatening because they were so over-cliched. Like, that's what, for example, Satan's sluts, the female biker gang in this movie, are like. Let's also remember that this takes place in Cleveland. Presumably in the present day. Yeah. It's got, like, a Roger Rabbit kind of thing where it's noir and you can't quite tell when it's set. But all of the technology and sets look pretty 1980s. Yeah, and there are the bright colors, but it's still just, like, who knew Cleveland had a terrible, crazy punk scene? I feel like there might be one. Yeah, I. that's what I mean, but it's still just, like... I mean, we all wish we could hop away to the Cleve, have lunch with Lil Richard. <laughs> oh, true. <laughs> So, uh, Howard gets thrown out, basically sleeping in a dumpster because he has nowhere to go on this weird world of hairless apes. And Leah Thompson, as she's leaving her gig, because she's a singer, she starts getting assaulted. And Mm -hmm. she starts beating up on the dudes for a bit. She can pretty much take care of herself, actually. Yeah. Until Howard announces, That's it. No more Mr. Nice Duck. Which he says to no one but himself. I was going to say this is our first duck pun, but it absolutely is not. No. I think the first one is a movie starring May Nest and W.C. Fowles. I kind of like that. Yeah. That one's not terrible. I would hang up that poster. That one doesn't suck. Yeah. Then Howard jumps up. They're really confused by him. And that's when he announces that he is, and this actually does come from the comics, a master of quack foo. And that gets into the comics as parody of Marvel, which they kind of were mm-hmm. in the 70s. Kung Fu comics really popular because Bruce Lee was a big thing. Right. And Marvel was publishing a comic called Shang-Chi master of kung fu which also at one point became deadly hands of kung fu it doesn't really matter yeah the point is that was gerber making fun of marvel and it made it into the movie without any of that context yeah and so he pops out it's a classic damsel in distress meet cute except that she's pretty much taking care of herself yeah she's he doesn't doing even okay do, i think he like punches one person i think he punches one person once but the shock of seeing a weird duck thing yeah. does most of the work that's true and oh, that sorry, i do have ahead. a quick question does he have a duck mullet or a duck ponytail? Because I could not figure out what was happening on the back of his head. He doesn't have a ponytail, but I think there is a little bit of mullet action. He, of course, has those like tuft feathers on top of his right. head, uh, which are deeply uncomfortable. Everything about the puppet is deeply uncomfortable. So originally there was supposed to be a kid in the suit most of the time as Howard, mm-hmm. but the kid had school and stuff and figuring out the duck was taking too long. So instead they had a little person who was supposed to be the stunt double just do the whole role. Mm -hmm. And the costume was so bad they couldn't see out of it. So he had to memorize his blocking by counting steps. Walk six steps that way and five steps the other way. Oh my god. So he acted the whole movie without being able to see. Oh my god. What is this movie? It's like some Kenny Baker levels. Yeah. Alright, so anyway, so they fight off these dudes. That's when Beverly tells Howard that he's in Cleveland and on Earth. She goes to leave him. Uh, She pulls out her umbrella because, of course, it's raining. Mm -hmm. They've just met. They had their little meet cute. She goes off in her umbrella. A really angsty song plays while they just kind of look wistfully at each other. Yeah. This child-sized duck and adult woman wistfully look at each other. And then finally she comes over and invites him back with her. And... I think this is supposed to be cute, but it's just incredibly uncomfortable. Well, the problem is the movie never properly gets us on board with the fact that he's a duck. Yeah. They just want us to go with it, which sometimes work, 
we've mentioned Rocket Raccoon already in this episode. Yeah. And I found myself thinking about Guardians of the Galaxy a lot during this movie because it's based on an obscure Marvel property and they get us to roll with some weird stuff. But I think it's that they actually invest us in character before bringing on the crazy people. Right. Whereas Howard the Duck starts with the crazy. Yeah. It starts with this weird duck who is clearly dating at least two different people who mm-hmm. don't know about each other. Right. He's like, seems like a really sleazy dude. And then they suck him off to Earth and we're supposed to be invested in his troubles. Yeah, because they do not make him a sympathetic character at any point in this movie. No, he's terrible. <laughs> he's just a really, really awful duck slash person. Yeah, I was wondering, is this meat cute better or worse than while you were sleeping? <laughs> um, I think everything about this movie is just inherently worse. That seems fair. So that's part one. Part one is their meat cute mm-hmm. quack foo. Staring wistfully in the rain at each other. Right. Sorry, I was staring wistfully. Um, so number two, number two, they go back to Beverly's apartment. They're kind of hanging out there and they learn a little bit about each other. Mm-hmm. Beverly, her band is not doing so great because their manager is a dirtbag. And Howard goes, sounds like you need a new manager. Howard, by the way, is played by... Howard, by the way, is played by Chip... What's his name? Zane? Zine? Z- yeah. He, he was the original baker in Into the Woods. Yeah. <laughs> This was before that. So. According to the Wikipedia page, they were like, Chip Zine had some initial success going on to originate the role of the baker. Because everyone else in the movie had a few years of terrible careers. Yeah. Remind me at the end of this, I have a fun story about Leah Thompson and Howard the Duck in the future. Yeah. So they go back. Uh, Leah Thompson needs a new manager. Oh, there's a great moment where uh, Beverly tries to feed Howard out of a bowl. And when he gives her this really disgusted look, she remarks that she's never had a pet. Oh, I'm vaguely remembering this. Yeah, because he's an animal. He's a duck. Yeah. Yeah. He's not happy about it. No, he is not. And she actually, he's a grouch the whole time about the fact that he's not where he wants to be. He actually Mm -hmm. uses the line, I'm trapped in a world I've never made, which is the catchphrase for the comic. He's also totally negging her house. Oh, hugely. Uh, And there's a point where she says, make yourself at home. And Howard goes, make myself at home. I wish. It's like, okay, Howard, we get it. You're trapped in a world you never made. Yeah. So it kind of seems like he has PTSD from this portal that he was sucked through. He really mm-hmm. freaks out when a truck goes by. But it also seems like everything on Duck World is, is the, same. the same. So yeah. I feel like he should know what a truck is. There should be trucks. Yeah. yeah. But who really knows? He talks about how his parents wanted him to be a, be a plastic surgeon. He talks about how that would involve doing beak jobs and tail tucks mm-hmm. because this movie is a nonstop duck pun. And that is the only source of humor in That's, the entire movie. Their one joke is, aren't ducks weird? Yeah. And, like, ducks are not that weird. No. There's n- no other attempt at jo- any joke that's not a duck pun. Correct. At one point he says, sometimes I get this feeling there's some kind of special destiny for me. That is not followed up. There is nothing special about Howard. He's just a duck. Mm-hmm. He tells, you know, Beverly is really kind to him, giving he's a huge turd to her. Yeah. And also a duck that she's never met. Yeah. And I've he- never... Have you ever invited a strange duck back? No, I have not. Yeah, neither have I. He also just falls asleep without, like, any permission to sleep over or anything. He no. just falls like, asleep. Like, mid-conversation yeah. on the windowsill. Yeah. He just goes to sleep on the windowsill. Beverly puts a blanket around him. Again, I think it's supposed to be cute. Just feels awkward. Yeah, she checks his wallet, which is maybe an invasion of privacy. Yeah. Discovers that he's from Washington, D.C. He has a mallard card. He has a card for blooming ducks, and his money has a picture of George Washington with a duck bill on it and says, United States of Anna today, the Latin name of ducks. Oh, of course. How did I not know that? I learned it from a Farside cartoon. 
which is where I learn everything I know about science. Yep, very valid source. And she watches him sleep for a while and sighs to herself. What am I going to do with you, Ducky? You forgot the most important thing she pulls out of his wallet, which is a loose condom. There's no wrapper in sight. He just has an open condom in his wallet. So, like, it's my understanding that ducks have corkscrew penises. Some species, yeah. Some do. It seems like a strange condom. But it was just a normal human condom. Indeed it was. Just, like, hanging out there, loose. Mm -hmm. It sounds like, oh, is Howard the Duck the Jared Leto of his world? I don't get this. You don't know about this? So, on Suicide Squad, Jared Leto's whole, like, I'm a very cool method actor. And basically, that's just an excuse for him to be a horrible person. So he would, like, mail dead animals to his castmates. Yeah, he sucks. Or, like, trash their trailers. Because he's like, I'm the Joker. I'm twisted. (laughs) And one of the things he did was he, like, sent people used condoms, which is really gross. Yeah, I do remember hearing about this. That feels like somehow a crime. I don't know if it is, but it feels like it. Yeah. So maybe Howard the Duck, this horrible person, horrible duck, is the Jared Leto of his world. He's in show business. I believe it. He was a he was a musician, right? Yeah, yeah. Failed musician, right? I forget what his band name was. Something. Howard and the Heartbreakers. There we go. Yeah. Okay. So that's night two. So mm-hmm. Howard now has spent the night on Beverly's windowsill. Thoughts on the name Beverly? I feel like, in the context of the comics, it kind of makes sense. I kind of dig it. In this movie, it just feels weird. Everything feels weird in this movie. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So the next day, our point number three is their whole next day, which is a whirlwind. And yet somehow is also still within like the first 45 minutes of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> because there's like a half hour interlude that has nothing to do with anything. Mm-hmm. So day two is their kind of day around town. Beverly takes Howard in a trash bag so that nobody will see him. She carries him around in a trash bag to the science museum and this is the saddest looking museum i have ever seen in my oh, life it's awful it's so grim and it, it I, is cleveland i was gonna say i think it's supposed to but their exhibits are just grim looking it's just very sad animals that's it but they're like stuffed animals right yeah it's like bad museum of natural history right with the like ugly painted walls mm-hmm. granted some of the animals at the museum of natural history are not prime examples of no, taxidermy no for sure but but this one is better just... than this cleveland oh god whatever it's so thing. sad so i take him there they're trying to do tests on him that's where tim robbins shows up mm-hmm. and is really excited um, i think he may have been in the opening scene i think he is the person who they say is this your date and howard's oh, like really? oh is this my date but i'm not sure i have no recollection of that I just know it was a generic nerd, and that is the role Tim Robbins is filling. Yeah. So Phil, Tim Robbins, is very excited to see him. He tries testing him for superpowers for a while. He's like, he's like burn a hole with your eyes. Read my mind. Fly. But obviously none of this is real. The joke plays for far too long. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even really work as a joke in any moment. Then at one point he actually tries speaking Donald Duck to him. He starts going back. Right. <laughs> which makes Howard really mad, Mm -hmm. which is perhaps justified. Howard remains a jerk, but I don't know. Would he get that reference? Because Donald doesn't actually sound like a real duck. No. um, I don't know if it's supposed to be a reference or just like taken as a reference in world. Yeah. Anyway, so Howard gets really mad. He storms out. Beverly tries to calm him down Mm -hmm. and he just shouts at her and then she storms off eventually, which seems valid yeah this has one random meeting and he's a jerk and also she took him to a crazy scientist yeah 
I wrote a note down that says, at least we know sexism isn't the sole providence of humanity. And I don't remember what the context for this it is. It doesn't matter. Howard is a huge sexist. Yeah. So I don't remember what specifically brought this up, but I'm really into this description because it's very accurate. That actually does a really nice job of taking us to the next part of that day. Still mm-hmm. in part three, which is when Howard goes to the unemployment office. Yeah. Which it's kind of incredible that he thinks to do this. We know he's in a parallel America on Duckworld, mm-hmm. but he goes to an unemployment office on his second day on this planet. He's like resigned himself to being stuck there. He's like, well, I guess I should get a job. Right. And he's able to get through and he sexually harasses the unemployment officer pretty aggressively. Yeah. Tries to bite her in the butt. That's right. With his beak. Yes. And she is like really intense. She's like, oh yeah, I get everybody a job. Cut to- She's pretty great. She is good at her job. She is working to keep people employed as much as she's framed as an obnoxious lady. Mm -hmm. She does her job well. But then cut to Howard's job, which is ostensibly at a spa. It's like a two-minute scene in a sex club where Howard is pushing a cart and then Just it has everyone in no, this club is having sex. no bearing on the plot or the rest of the movie in any way. He gets fired for accidentally pushing his boss into a tub. I thought it was on purpose. It might have been on purpose. Yeah. A very gross tub. A very gross tub. So he gets fired, and then they never bring up this up again. So it's yeah. just a weird excuse to show a sex den in this movie that I don't know who it's for. Who was this movie made for? Not children. No, clearly not children. They're yeah. duck boobs in the first scene. Right. Lots of them. Uh, but a lot of the humor feels very juvenile. Right. I don't get it. Me neither. I don't think there's a way to get it. No, there's not. So then after that, Howard gets fired from his job. So he goes to, oh, sorry. The den was called, the place was called Love and Sex. I missed that. Oh. Yeah. So he leaves his job and then he's wandering the city, freaking out because he sees people duck hunting. There's oh, that's right. I forgot about the duck hunting plot. Yeah. There's, there's like some duck hunting festival going on in Cleveland. Right. He sees a sign for duckaroni. And he gets really upset, and then all of a sudden he's outside of the club Beverly sings in. Well, let's be clear. He sits down in a vacant lot where he finds an armchair, and that vacant lot happens to be next to the place where the Cherry Bombs are playing. Right. So this is brings us into our next... No, the no, la- next the part la- of the last part of part, part three. Part. We're yeah. being like really generous with part three, because it's yeah. all in the same day. Right. Whatever. So Howard goes in, sees her sing... And then the manager is refusing to pay them any of their money. He's holding all the money until Beverly agrees to have sex with him. Right. And this makes Howard mad. It makes him really mad. Mm -hmm. Um, So he starts demanding the money. And, you know, he actually says, Now, is this going to be easy? Or is this going to be trouble? Howard's like trying to Clint Eastwood, but he's also still a duck with an actor in the suit who can't see. Three feet tall. Yeah. So they fight for a while up and down the bar, and ultimately, the way he traps him is he takes a knife and he drives it down through the guy's earring. But the manager had tried to stab him first. True, yes. So it's not Howard that's No, Howard does not escalate it to murder. Right. But then he drives the knife down through the guy's earring, trapping him on the bar. Mm Mm-hmm. The manager gives Howard the money and lets the girls out of their contract. He also threatens him with space rabies. Space rabies. That's the next thing I was going to say. Yeah. Howard threatens to give him space rabies if he comes back. Mm Mm-hmm. And they buy it because, I mean, it's a, it's a three-foot yeah. duck. That makes sense to me. Yeah, but except that he's not a mammal. Yeah. And can't only mammals get rabies? I think so, That's but... That's what I was thinking of in the moment. Also, these people don't seem like the cream of the crop of Cleveland. True. I was also going to say maybe these ducks are mammals for anatomical reasons we explored at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, that's also true. So um, 
I'd like to take this moment to point out that he refers to her as toots. Again, sexism is not the sole providence of humanity. Oh, totally. Again, I say Howard is a huge turd. It's awful. He's the worst person. Mm -hmm. And he's not even like a cool anti-hero protagonist, which is annoying in its own right. Right. He's just terrible, and we're supposed to like him. Yeah. I do not understand. But also, Phil is incredibly sexist also. Oh, Phil is hugely sexist. I wrote down a quote. Sorry I missed the show, but I made it to watch you undress. I forgot about that. He's dating one of the cherry bombs. Right. And so he's in, he just walks into the dressing room where they're changing all of the cherry bombs, not just his girlfriend, and comments on how he doesn't care about their music. He just wants to watch them get naked. It's so uncomfortable. These people, everybody in this movie is awful, except Beverly, I guess. Yeah. And like... The Maybe s- the rest of the cherry bombs? Yeah. Well, they don't really do anything. Yeah. So they don't have a chance to be terrible. The scientist who becomes the dark overlord of the universe is like not a bad guy before he gets possessed by a space demon. That's true. That is a thing that we will not talk much about because it is too insane and unrelated to romance. Yeah. Thank goodness for our limitations. Yeah. But remember, don't watch the movie. Do not watch Just read a Wikipedia summary if you have questions. Actually, there's a novelization of it, which is apparently awesome. Oh, maybe check that out. Yeah. If you do, uh, send me a copy. I'll read it. Oh, during this scene, also, it's pointed out that Howard basically understands everything, and everything is the same on Earth as Duckworld, except for pizza. He's confused only by pizza. I don't remember this. That is the one thing he seems confused by. And he does understand everything. I mean, he talks about how he got new clothes for himself at Goodwill. Yeah. Uh, He's riding the bus. I don't know where he got bus fare, but he's using the buses effectively. Which, again, raises the question of why he was so freaked out by the truck. Right. But, you know, PTSD doesn't always make sense. People experience trauma, and we try to be understanding and and help them to adjust. Yeah. So we all need to be the Beverlies uh, for the Howards in our lives. True. The turd blossom ducks who (laughs) sexually harass us. Maybe we shouldn't help them. Maybe we should just leave them out to... Yeah. It's... I was trying to think of a duck pun there, but I don't have one. Nope. Um, the movie has enough duck puns. Yeah, we don't help. need to add more. We do more. not need more. Okay, so let's go to, to step four, which is after the show. Still the same day, but it's significant enough that it's its own point. They go back to Beverly's apartment again. Mm-hmm. And this is where we get into full-blown romance. Yeah. Get some human duck action. Oh, boy. Yeah. And she actually suggests that he become their new manager. Mm-hmm. Oh, to set the scene, Beverly is wearing underwear, an open robe, and then for some reason, a cardigan. A very interesting mix of clothing. Howard is, as legally required, wearing pants. Yeah. <laughs> he leers, like, really aggressively at her in this outfit. And she invites him to bed. Where his head feathers stand up. That's right. His Ooh, head... subtle erection joke. Yeah, that's exactly. Uh, that apparently took them a while to get to work. Of course it did. But they like put in lots of effort to get that joke. Yeah, it does not pay off. No, it does not. So they're in bed, and at first they're just kind of like lying side by side. And mm-hmm. she, she is the driver of this scene. No, he starts as a joke. And oh, then when right. she reciprocates, he really freaks out. Yeah. So she's going like, I just wish I could find the right man. You shouldn't be looking for a man. What do you think, Ducky? Should I try my luck in the animal kingdom? Mm-hmm. It's very creepy. Yeah. And again, like, Leah Thompson coming right off Back to the Future. Does she just, like, have a run of movies in the 80s where she's in weird, almost sex scenes? Maybe. First it's with her time-displaced kid. Then it's with this interdimensional duck. Yeah. 
why does this movie exist? <laughs> I don't <laughs> know. I don't know. Yeah, she says, I just can't resist your intense animal magnetism. Groan. Mm. Definitely one of the weaker mm. puns. She tries to, ha- she like tries to have sex with him. Uh, then says she was kidding. And then they're like, a, they start to kiss when the scientists show up to ET him away. Right. I have a question. Yeah. I think it's the next morning or in that moment, they find feathers in the bed. Yes. Is this yeah. supposed to be a cum joke? I, I don't think so. Okay. I couldn't tell. No. I think it's just the idea that like there was a duck in the bed and there were feathers. Okay. I don't think it's that thought It out. felt suggestive. And I was really it, it put out. It does seem a little suggestive, but I don't think there's enough. Like I said, I don't think there's enough thought to it. Okay. So that's the end of that. They get spirited away, but not like in Miyazaki. And then the next like half hour to 45 minutes of the movie is this weird like crime drama mm-hmm. where Howard gets captured by the police for some reason. They call him an illegal alien. That's right. That's what they do. Which they, is also a plot line they tried to make work in Batman versus Superman. Another terrible movie. <laughs> But probably better than this one. I haven't seen it, but I would wager that it is better at least than Howard the Duck. Yeah, it is. It's better than Howard the Duck. So he's, there's this whole police thing. They're chasing him. At one point, when they're on the run, the police captain tells the officers to use lethal force, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Yeah. This goes on for a while. I never properly understood what was going on. But in the end, it leads to one of the scientists being possessed by a space demon called a Dark Overlord of the Universe. He takes over the laser thing that brought Howard and himself to Earth because he wants to bring more Dark Overlords of the Universe to Earth to turn into their giant, weird, sarlacc scorpion things. Yeah. And he kidnaps Beverly to be part of this because they need human hosts in which to fester on right. Earth. Right. At least at first. Yeah, before emerging into their stop motion insanity yeah so our, our fifth point was our final set piece when howard goes to rescue beverly from the dark overlord of the universe mm-hmm. it's at the space facility that right. brought howard to earth and the cool thing about this is that this whole battle sequence was staged by joe johnston director okay. of like the rocketeer captain america the first avenger oh. like a cool dude yeah and he did tech stuff on star wars movies and he's like a cool dude and he staged this whole sequence right Again, this movie was not lacking for high-caliber involvement. It just failed so bad. It just failed so bad. So they go, and at this point I had stopped taking notes because I stopped understanding anything. Right. They go, Howard and Phil make use of a giant space laser. Uh, There's Mm -hmm. one point on their way there where they're using, like, a glider thing, and they have to escape the duck hunters. Yeah. It goes on for a very long time. Everything in this movie just goes on for too long. Yeah, so they get there, they are able to use their space laser to kill the Dark Overlord of the Universe. Mm-hmm. They stop the laser from sucking more Dark Overlords there. And Howard rescues Beverly. And they he tells her that she's the thing that makes him want to stay on Earth. Don't forget that he also pretends to be an evil overlord as she's crying over his body. I liked that. I thought that was a funny. joke. That was like the one thing that I liked. And then they share a cute little hug. Yeah. Because there is no kissing in this movie. They kiss behind a sheet one time. There's a, like, silhouette of a kiss. Right. So, yeah, and he tells her that she's the thing keeping him on Earth. That's really cute. Mm -hmm. We cut to a non-specified time later. It's a Cherry Bombs performance, except clearly a much larger scale. Right. Thanks to the work of their new manager, Howard the Duck. Howard the The Duck. duck. They have a song all about him. 
Uh, Phil is now their tech guy. Mm-hmm. And thanks to bad directions from Phil, Howard winds up on stage in front of the screaming Cherry Bombs fans who are singing about him. Right. And somehow he gets a guitar and they both shred and that is how the movie ends, I think. Yep. And then it cuts to the credits where the song is still playing. Right. Yeah. And to make it clear, there is no acknowledgement of the cop plot line. No, it never at comes all. back. It is never resolved. This movie is a mess. And I'm sorry if the romance doesn't make any sense to you, but it doesn't make any sense to me either. Or anyone. Like, does it? Do you get anything out of this romance? No. Absolutely nothing. Okay. And it's because of that that I need to talk about this. So, in our last episode, we introduced a five point scale to mm-hmm. determine how believable a romance is with zero. Absolutely not, never, no way, no how. And five being like, yes, absolutely, of course. We're not rating like how romantic it is, just how much it makes sense. Yeah. And on that five-point scale, we gave While You Were Sleeping a one. While I was watching this movie, I felt like we did a disservice to the plausibility of While You Were Sleeping. I agree. And so I think we need to be able to separate movies more fully. Mm -hmm. Would you be okay with moving to a ten-point scale? Yeah, I think it's necessary. Okay, yeah. I think we just have to. Mm-hmm. So on a scale of 0 to 10, with 0 being absolutely incredible, as in incredible, not believable, mm-hmm. uh, where would you rank Howard the Duck? So in the Discworld series, which is a series of books, it's... Well, that's Larry Niven, right? No, Terry Pratchett. Terry Pratchett right. uh, He's the ring world, I think. Yeah. The opposite of drunk isn't sober. It's called nerd, K-N-U-R-D, which is so far to the opposite of drunk it's that drunk you're backwards. like... Yes, it, it, the word is, but mm-hmm. it's like you are now more coherent. So I like to think that this movie, it's not the opposite of making sense and that it makes no sense. It goes beyond that. It doesn't just not make sense. So I give this movie a negative, I'll go negative five. I don't know if it's a full negative ten. Okay, I am going to observe the stated rules of this system and give it a zero. I don't believe in But it's like the lowest possible zero. <laughs> I think it goes beyond just not making sense. I think it takes it to a new level. It is like anti-sense. Yeah, I have to bring in negative numbers for this one. All right. And just to make things retroactively consistent, uh, where does While You Were Sleeping fit on the 10-point scale for you? I give it a three. I was going to say three as well. Yeah. I believe that those people are charming enough that if you put them in the the right circumstances, they would fall in love. Yeah. Everything about Lucy and Jack works for me. It's just the Peter part that's crazy. The two people would end up together conceivably, so it doesn't make no sense. But it's less than half sense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, three is definitely good for that. I'm almost afraid to ask, but if you had to date any one person in this movie, who would it be? I feel like Beverly is the only option. I don't even want to date Beverly. I don't want to, but in comparison to everyone else, maybe the scientist before he's an evil overlord. Oh, yeah, he was a nice guy. Yeah. He reminded me of Kurt Connors from Spider-Man comics. To bring it back to Marvel. Yeah. The guy who was just like a nice dude scientist, but he experimented too much and turned himself into the lizard. Yeah. He was... That uh, makes sense. They did him in the first Amazing Spider-Man movie. But it's not really his fault, in a way. In Howard the Duck. In Howard the Duck. No, it's not. Right. Except for doing an experiment that didn't seem to have any purpose. I think they were trying to like... It had something to do with looking at stars. Yeah, they were just trying to like see space yeah. and somehow brought aliens to Earth. Yeah. They should relook at those equations. Yeah. All right. So I guess we'll date that scientist. He was not a bad dude. No. Okay. Before we do the wrap up, what was your favorite duck pun? Oh, man. Okay. Uh, there were so many. I mean, I already talked about Marshington, D.C. Yeah. And uh, Blooming Ducks, which is nice. I think I'm actually going to go with, it's not even, it's barely worth acknowledging as a pun, but 
in the police sequence when there is aggressive police brutality. Yeah. With regards to Howard, there's one point where one of the police officers goes, without any sense of irony, you're going to be a sitting duck in the jail cell. <laughs> and I just think, like, someone had to write that. Yeah. Turn to his wife, because it was a husband-wife team who co-wrote it, mm-hmm. and say, honey, I just wrote a great joke for this movie. I think mine would have to be, I don't have the full quote written down, but someone said that he must have been born from a very hard-boiled egg. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. That was definitely a Beverly line. Yeah, which isn't, like, honestly, in comparison, that one's pretty good. That's pretty good. I kind of like that. I'm kind of into it, so that's why I picked that one. i really into the fact that they made no effort to edit the picture of Washington on the dollar bill besides adding a beak. Yeah. I thought that was pretty good, too. He's George Washington Duck. Yeah. But they didn't try to make him look like a duck that looks like George Washington. It's just George Washington with a very crude beak, probably taped on to the I dollar bet bill. You $10 you can buy merchandise that looks like that somewhere on the mall. Yeah. Not because they're trying to tap into Howard, but just because someone thought it was funny. Yeah, I'd be, I believe that. Okay, so I think that about does it for Howard the Duck. Um, That's probably a good thing. Again, don't watch this movie. Do not watch this movie. I'm In f- no way. I'm f- almost sorry that we did. Yeah. I would have been really mad if we had spent any money on this, but it was streaming, so we didn't, and I feel good about that. Yeah. Because I'd be aggressively upset. We need to watch something happier. We need to watch something better. So next week, we're going to be watching Grease, which I have never seen. Yeah, which is somehow shocking to me. I feel like everyone's seen Grease, or at least performed it in high school. I mean, I know it's the sound, it's the feeling, but that's about it. Yeah. No, I think you'll enjoy it enough. I guess we'll find out. It has Stockard Channing in it. Always a winner, Stockard Channing. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing but respect for my first lady. She was play. I think she was. She was definitely the oldest in the cast. But we'll talk about this next week. Yeah, that's a little preview, I guess. <laughs> um, in the meantime, you can follow the show on Twitter at Heart of Podness, and you should also like us on Facebook. And if you're feeling really generous, rate and review us on iTunes. I have heard on other podcasts that that will help our rankings. And so, if you write a review for this show, please make sure you include at least one duck pun. We will be very disappointed if there are no duck puns in any reviews for this episode. We want duck puns. You can even reuse some from the movie if you make it convincing enough. Because I think they covered all of them. I would prefer if you didn't because that would suggest to me that you watched it. Which, again, please do not do. That's also fair. Okay. If you have any suggestions for a movie, you can email us at heartofpodness at gmail.com. Because anything will be better than Howard the Duck. All right. Last question for you, Mark. What's the best piece of dating advice you got from this movie? I want to say everything that happens in this movie, do the opposite. So you're saying if I need to get a job, I should not bite or attempt to bite the rear end of the unemployment officer. Yeah, I think this movie is full of good dating advice if you just watch it and do the opposite. So it's like a sexual harassment video. <laughs> exactly. They should show it at like corporate retreats. <laughs> right, it's teaching you how to not date. All right, I can work with that. There you go. Until next time, I am a ginger. And I'm gay. And between the two of us, we know everything there is to know about romance.